The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and E-Books. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. It is episode 95. We are talking Puckered by David Owen Hughes and Peter Oliver Wonder. And the new film Super Dark Day. Super Dark Times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> So Super Dark Times. Um, yeah. Not really. By not, Kevin Phillips. I, I I realize that, uh, you know, we'll get into a lot of it later, but not really a uh, typical movie that we'd cover. No, not at all. Not really a typical book <laughs> either. So, nope. But anyway, yeah, before we get into any of that, what's new with you? Um, Not much. Just writing some stuff, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, this past week has been my most uh, productive writing week in a long, long time. I know. I'm proud of you, man. Ah, oh, dude, it's fine. I will, <laughs> I'm sure that it, it'll turn out to be just a terrible, terrible thing that I scrap. Yeah, and that no one will ever read. <laughs> not, even, not even me. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. So, anyway, um, you got any news? I wish I did. <laughs> I got a couple things that are teeny tiny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are rebooting, or I get not rebooting because it wasn't really like it had a continuity or anything, but revamping, I guess, Twilight Zone again. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally uh, reported that uh, Jordan Peele was going to be like the showrunner of yeah. it. Um, I guess coming off the success of Get Out, right? But it has since then been updated, and it's just his uh, basically production banner, Monkey Paw, um, and Marco Ramirez, who apparently has been doing the Defenders for Netflix, will uh-huh. be the showrunner. I've heard good things so, about the Defenders, but I've never watched. Them. I I am so behind on the other Netflix Marvel shows that I don't even want to try. Was Jessica Jones was canceled, right? I thought it got a second season oh, order. Am I thinking of the other one? What was the other one that was a female-led? I don't remember. Maybe it was Jessica Jones. I think it tied into Captain America. It was old-timey. Oh, that one. That was Peggy Carter, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That was on uh, not Netflix. Oh. That was on like CBS or whatever. Huh. With with the regular Agents of Shield. Oh really? Shit! Did yeah. that show get canceled? Agents of Shield? Yeah. No, it's gearing up for season five. Okay, what about Peggy Carter, Agent of Shield? That's the one that you were just talking about. I know. Was that canceled? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that was canceled. Okay. Huh. Okay. Well, 
there that you one have also it, folks. had huh? <laughs> so there you, say? you have it, folks. Uh, <laughs> that one also had uh, Howard Stark in it. Oh, really? Tony Stark's dad. Yeah. Did we talk about Happy Death Day on here? Uh, I don't think so. I've well, I guess I'll do a real quick recap of it just in case I did in this <laughs> shitty <laughs> content. Um, it, it was you know I saw it a few weeks back. It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it was okay. I, I had a good time watching it. I don't think it's a good movie, like a quote unquote good movie, but it's a good popcorn movie. It's like something it, fun. It's to been watch. getting good reviews and stuff yeah and it should and it deserves it but at the same time it's like okay final destination those were fun movies would you call Mm -hmm. those good movies though maybe the first one this one was like part two (laughs) part two wasn't bad no i like them all i own them all Uh, what i'm saying is this was a, a good like it was a fun movie but i don't really know that it was a good movie like I would rewatch the shit out of this and just pop popcorn and just hang out, you know. But am I gonna be like, you know, like just someone's aunt? I saw the best movie. <laughs> some random, like to me, it, it wasn't even like a friend's aunt. It was just like some random person's aunt. Why would you? <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it's just okay. Whatever. It was. It was. A, I enjoyed it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So Twilight Zone. <laughs> no, um, I'm excited ab- about Twilight Zone coming back. Like the I old am... show. Um, I love the old show. What about the one I... in the nineties? Eh. Yeah. See, that's why I'm kind of like. Eh. Yeah, but and... it's not the nineties anymore. Yeah, I got you. I mean, like, even even though the 90s are coming back like full force right now it's not the 90s craig <laughs> you don't need to explain what time it is to me I, it's just <laughs> like i don't get uh like i know that this could backfire is all i'm saying yeah but i mean it could also be really cool mm-hmm. i mean yeah. and plus you have like um all these other horror anthology shows showing up right now too, like with like black mirror and that, um, what's that one that's on sci-fi that four Oh four one channel channel four Oh four. I don't think it's called four Oh four. There's one channel that has Z that in it cause it's all internet. No, really? Yeah. <laughs> Just at the end of every episode, computers are sentient. <laughs> every <laughs> single time. <laughs> oh, God. Same fucking ending. <laughs> Why are all these written by Skynet? <laughs> oh, speaking of which. Okay. So I was, this is kind of like existential real life horror. Um, Go for it. I was reading. We're all going to die someday. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's it. Next story. Um, no. Okay. So I was watching, uh, or I was reading this article about AI mm-hmm. and uh, when, uh, robots are supposed to overtake people at certain tasks and like yeah. uh, do what? I was just agreeing with you. I was going, yeah. One of the things that I found interesting was one of their benchmarks was when a robot would be able to make a sandwich better than a human. 
And I was like, so like, interesting. So when a when a robot can become a sandwich artist, yeah, yeah. Subway's counting down the days. <laughs> um, but no, like, so they were talking about that, and they said, you know, um, uh, basically by twenty forty. They expect for robots to phase out Hollywood and the entertainment industry in its entirety, where your personal robot would create your personal movie starring your personal cast, and just boom. Wait, when? 2040. So, like, whoever you want to be in a movie, like, all I would have to say is, like, show me a movie. I want uh, Bruce Willis and uh, needs to be a horror movie. I like these kinds of movies. And then it would be like, uh, you know, computing because <laughs> they still haven't gotten uh, the nerdiness the out of robots. Computer voice. Uh, <laughs> I'm working as hard as I can, and so anyway, so it would spit out a movie for you, personalized to your taste, exclusively for you, basically rendering it completely disposable. Like, okay, neat, saw it, new file. So, so it's like the holodeck from Star Trek. You could basically do that. I guess, but I mean, at the same time, it's like, at that point, like, are shared experiences completely over? Probably. I'm wondering, what's the future of our podcast if the robots win? (laughs) No. (laughs) 2040? Dude, we've done dumber things for longer. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, welcome to episode 150. (laughs) <laughs> it's really that. like 160 because <laughs> what did your robot write for you today yeah um no no okay would Dude, be funny at though. that point i'm gonna make the robot do the podcast for me <laughs> at that point the robots have probably already been doing our podcast for years yeah and they do it a lot better probably a lot more professional at least and they do it on time and not like text each other like 30 minutes before we're supposed to start and be like, can we please sleep in a little bit longer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is a uh, running theme. Um, oh, cool. Another but, copy of the Buttercream game. <laughs> <laughs> um, here, here's, okay. What if when the robots write and direct and produce your own movies for you and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it actually still takes as long? Like you ask them for something and then it still takes like a year <laughs> and it costs more money. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to keep feeding your robots quarters or something. So it's like, <laughs> dude, it's like 2022 or something where they're supposed to be able to make sandwiches. So yeah, I, I wonder it's a long time. I'm going to have to wait for a robot sandwich. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. No, like, like there, I, I read a thing about uh, Walmart was moving into robot stalkers this year. Like there was like 50 or so Walmarts that they're testing it out in Mm -hmm. just like stalking robots. I mean, they're not going to be like anthropomorphic or anything. Okay. I'll put, I'm sure they're going to be like arms on wheels and that's going to be it. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just driving little Travis. Not like, (laughs) Not like Chappie walking around <laughs> stocking boxes. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. We had this friend in high school, and we go to Walmart one day. Liar. You were there. I'm just telling <laughs> the story for the benefit of the people. Okay. <laughs> the people. Uh, we had this friend in high school, Steve-O. Uh-huh. And we go, <laughs> remember? We go to Walmart, and he had spray-painted a robot costume. <laughs> 
and we walk in and he's in there. Like we didn't meet him there. And he, I don't think he was there with anyone. Was he? Um, I think, oh, I think, yeah, uh, with him. I think Ronnie might've been with him. Yeah. I don't know. But so Steve-O's in Walmart in this like box costume and he's like, I am the savings robot. <laughs> follow me to savings. And people are like, what? And he's like, come follow me to savings. <laughs> he had like 15 people walking around Walmart and he was just leading them in circles going nowhere <laughs> until they kicked him out. Uh, still great. one of the funniest things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, so robots are going to kill us all um <laughs> said that uh the other thing is once they can make calculations okay so they have to for things like uh cars and stuff like that i don't know that this is even podcast content, no keep going but still whatever um, keep going so for things like cars you know they have to make uh calculations on unavoidable accidents do you kill the five people yeah yeah do you, they make uh, them do that test yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, the test where you got four people on one side of the train track and one on the other. Is that what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Anyway, they said once they're able to actually start uh, putting those kind of calculations into context, um, it'll be extremely scary because the hu- humanity is a, uh, or, you know, ridding humanity would be a really good calculation for uh, robots. That is literally the plot of every movie where robots take over yeah, is eventually they see that humans do more harm to themselves than good. And so they kill humans. That's literally what Skynet did. Yeah, no, I get that. (laughs) I get that. But uh, I do understand that uh, in practice it's different, you know, because I don't know. Well, well, Google, whenever they were researching, um, whenever they were doing their research for their self-driving cars, they had people vote like they had an internet voting um, site where you could pick like whether or not you'd want to kill the five people or one person. It's all bots voting. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I mean, it's, I realize that it's a plot point and possibly something that we shouldn't really worry about. But at the same time, you know, that's like if Apple decided like, let's make vampires. (laughs) Like, somebody's gonna be like these fuckers are gonna steal our blood you know like, <laughs> the eye pyre that's exactly what i was gonna say um, yeah so all right well that was my you know humanity's all fucked corner <laughs> um we, yeah. should, we should have um, uh, a little section in the news about existential horror every time. <laughs> I would love to have like a 30 minute Patreon type show where we discuss just crazy bullshit, like not really news related, like the B&E unknown type thing. I mean, we've been talking about doing that for a while. Yeah, and then, I mean, you know, that's and it, it, it turned into what most of our projects do. Nothing. Just, just talk. Yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> talk. Uh, OK, well. I mean, that's all I have for news. <laughs> I got I got uh, one other tiny little piece of news because it's just been like sort of announced and it's not really going anywhere yet. Mm-hmm. And then um, just a couple remarks about the murder on the Orient Express. So real quick, uh, George Miller is suing 
um, for profits over Mad Max mm-hmm. because he had a stipulation um, in his uh, contract about like if he came in so much under budget, he got like a seven million dollar bonus. Oh, really? Oh, which, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, which kind of defeats the whole purpose of coming in under budget, you know, from a <laughs> from a movie studio standpoint, but. The studio is saying that um, he didn't because there were so many studio driven like setbacks and uh, budgetary like problems Mm -hmm. like so so many problems on their end that they're like oh you didn't come in under budget and so he's suing um, even though like he thinks he did. I don't know. I'm just I just brought it up because a Mad Max is like one of the only movies to ever get a perfect score on here, and B, uh, it didn't. It, if remember, we we keep thinking that it did. It got four and a half from me because oh, we, yeah, we never did. It. <laughs> we never really reviewed it on here. It was on the yeah, website. Yeah. So that and um, just the fact that it's taken like 15 years for him to get this thing made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's still giving him shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. That and it kind of seemed like it was a slow news week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, as long as you uh, disregard Twitter, it's a slow news week. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if we were if we were a political podcast, we'd be not a, not a well, slow week. Well, also that and then all the Hollywood stuff going on right now. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. Yeah, we should probably not touch that, though. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I mean, uh, yeah. Don't do it. Well, there's, <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, there's a million. That is that is the news now. It's just politics and, and Hollywood. like Politics and, and pedophiles. That'd be a horrible podcast name. <laughs> yeah, they're not all pedophiles. Some are just terrible, terrible sexual harassers. <laughs> But yeah, uh, oh my god. Anyway, such is the world we live in, I guess. That's why I'm diving deep into those 80s VHSs. <laughs> um, but so, oh, never mind. No, go ahead. Uh, talk, I, let's talk about the murder on the Orient Express. Let's just change the job. <laughs> okay, that's probably a safer bet. Um, okay, so we went and saw it. Because uh, my wife and I have those movie pass things, so we watch, you know, movies, movies that you know we wouldn't necessarily watch at the theater. To like me, we went and saw awesome. that, Vic- huh? I said to me that looked awesome. I would have paid money for it. Well, okay, so but we went we went and saw like Victorian Abdul like a week ago I've and stuff like that. That. Th- that is a movie about uh, Queen Victoria befriending a uh, Muslim man. <laughs> is it good? <laughs> It was funny. It's like a, <laughs> it's a period piece. I know it's a comedy. I didn't expect it to be a comedy. <laughs> I thought it would oh, be it, like the King's like, Speech it was, or something. It was real scary. <laughs> no, no, but I figured it would be like a drama, like, you know, and end with like, you know, we are all the same. <laughs> it was kind of like that, too. Yeah. But but anyway, um, Murder on the Orient Express. Uh-huh. Uh, so I had never read the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was super excited to go into it, right? Because a, it looked good, it had a great cast, and I like mysteries, right? Yeah. So 
I, I go go in and we watch it, and it, it, the acting's really well done. Um, it had some neat shots, like cinematography wise. Um, and then there reached a point. Uh, can I give like a little bit of a spoiler? Sure. To an Agatha Christie novel. <laughs> 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 there, there reached a point um, where the the inspector guy who is trying to solve the murder on the Orient Express case um, makes this leap of logic that the person who was killed was indeed not who he thought he was, but instead was the killer from this basically Lindbergh baby case. <clears throat> okay. Right. And so then the whole thing revolves around this fake Lindbergh baby case. It's called the Armstrong case. And that's it. Right. Like every fact that comes out about it is something that you would have to know all the details of this fake case before you could put any of the clues together. So like I went in expecting to be able to like try to solve the murder before the movie is over. Mm -hmm. Right. Like clue or something. (laughs) Right. And instead I got just a bunch of, well, in fact, this person is that one because they're related to this other person who we never mentioned before in the murder case and and stuff like that. And it was just I hated it. So like, because because you wanted to be a smug little detective. No, you were unable thought, to enjoy a film. No, I thought the whole reason for watching a mystery movie is so you could go along with the detectives. No. <laughs> I don't think no, so. No, but this this was so cheap. <laughs> it was so cheap. Like because it it was never mentioned before he even said before he even did that, right? It was like 30 minutes into the freaking movie and he's like, "Well, it turns out he wasn't him. He was the murderer from the Lindbergh case." It's like, "Wait, what?" So you're there, mad at Ag- Agatha Christie? I am. I've got a bone to pick with Agatha Christie. <laughs> you don't like her mystery cozies? <laughs> cozies? I think that's what they called her books, right? Cozies? Is that just like a dig because she's a woman? No. It's because... Uh, oh, you would keep cozy with a book and read it. I believe so, yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, many cozy mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> They're a fun read that engaged the mind. See, but it didn't. It didn't engage the mind because it was all these twists that happened off screen, basically. And it was just like, oh, well, he was the sister or he was the brother of the sister whose name we never mentioned before and stuff like that. Well, Brian, 82 percent of Google users think you're wrong. Well, I don't care. They, they're probably all bots. of Rotten Tomatoes. So you, I think you're, you know, split. You're good. No, I mean it was a it was a really well made movie. It looked amazing, and um, it was actually funnier than I was expecting too. Like the actual Inspector Pavro, Parvro, whatever Hercule. Just lots um, of lowbrow fart jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's been murdered. <laughs> 
murdered by my ass. It's, <laughs> oh my god, dude! What about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, we should okay, because is her stuff in the public domain yet? Probably not. Agatha Christie. I don't think so. Because this was set in the 30s. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, when it happens, Agatha Christie with fart jokes would be the <laughs> new um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. I could see there being like a, a, a Medea uh, movie like that. Does Medea make fart jokes? She doesn't. Who no, I think that's oh, I'm just thinking of the damn clumps. clumps. Yeah. Yeah. The Clumps and then that fake movie uh, from Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, accept, uh, I'll accept mystery versions of either one. <laughs> Murdered by my ass. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I mean, I, I think that that's uh, about all we got right yeah. now. So you want to dive into book or movie? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> which one do you want to do first let's let's go book or let's go movie first movie first super dark times all right we'll be right back and we're back with super dark times directed by kevin phillips and written by Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski. Damn it. Perfect. <laughs> Nailed the dismount. He, he's like listening for some reason. He's like, somebody finally got my name right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. Okay. So this movie is uh, basically at any given time, uh, three or four teenagers hanging out. Right. Yeah, and then um, some bad stuff happens. Yeah, and then the times <laughs> that were happy-go-lucky turn into super dark times. Oh, is that what it means? <laughs> yeah, um, I just thought it was because it was like perpetual twilight in the movie. Well, I will say that. Okay, so if you've seen the trailer, you know that somebody dies. I knew nothing about this movie going into it. I oh, never really? even heard of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um. So it's new. Uh, it came out in September. Yeah, it's new. It's still on VOD um, as part of, you know, like, <laughs> rent it now. Check it out before theaters. I love it whenever they say that to shit that, like, never comes out in theaters. You know? Yeah, or like the the one theater in River Oaks or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's what run it's on right now. It's like the VOD run. I think it was $5 rental from Apple. So... Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was, so these kids are hanging out and they're hanging out doing what 15 year old, I guess they were roughly 15, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, okay. Cause let, let's say first, this was set in the nineties, mm -hmm. right? Like, um, whenever I looked it up, like plot summaries or whatever said 95, but I don't remember them ever actually. Yeah. saying anything about it mm -hmm. <clears throat> there there's just little subtle clues like uh bill clinton's on tv at one point as the president mm -hmm. um some dude has a pager 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like indeterminate. You you're yeah. dropped into their world. And actually a lot of their dialogue is kind of like that as well. It's almost like, you know, it's not really like, even though there are like, Hey, you want to go to this party? You know, it's not like that's all the dialogue. The dialogue yeah. seems to be like, as if you're eavesdropping on their conversations, you know, which yeah, I, there, there, there's a lot of just dudes hanging out. Yeah. Um, which I like that. Uh, yeah. I felt that that execution from that angle was really beneficial to this film. So it's mm-hmm. almost like you're looking in at their lives versus uh, knowing it, you kind of trade off some character development as well. You know, there's not as much character development. It's just mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, these are fully developed characters from the beginning. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's it's almost like I bet the scenes where they're just sitting around talking, I bet that's like conversations that the writers actually had in real life. Probably. You know what I mean? Like, or just similar things, because I mean, that's what it feels like. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's not over the toppy. It's just like, oh, it's, yeah, did you see? It's authentic. What? <laughs> which, <laughs> which is odd, because... Uh, that isn't the type of dialogue that you're really used to, but it's not as authentic as something like elephant or something where it literally feels like it's a home video watching something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but um, you know, there are plot points and stuff, but I think that it was kind of a a hack to get you uh, all in before the 20 minute mark on these characters, you know? Yeah. Like a shortcut. Yeah. And so you're not calling the writers a hack. No, no. I'm saying that (laughs) the use of that dialogue was able to accomplish that in a quick manner. But like, so you do that. And I'll say that the first act of this film to me, not that it was flawless. It was extremely strong. The Mm -hmm. first act. And to the point that by the time something bad happens and one of the kids dies, I don't know that I've, it's not like overly gory or anything. There's a little bit of gore, but it's not overly gory or anything. But I was like full on like, you know, (laughs) it it was uncomfortable to watch. Yeah. You know, a child die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you put it that way, (laughs) but no, not only that, the way that it happens just kind of reminds me of like, fuck, we could have died a lot like growing up because we did. Oh, yeah. Like, like the arrow game. Yeah, we used to shoot or, arrows straight up in the air and then like and, <laughs> run, but no one looked yeah. up. Just like, I hope it didn't. All right, so four of us shoot arrows up and run. Yeah, or the game where we threw knives at each other's feet. Mumbly peg? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but in all fairness, we didn't really play mumbly peg that often. No. <laughs> what we did more, instead... More time. Good. <laughs> what we did instead was so socks and gasoline <laughs> lit them on fire and kicked them at each other <laughs> we, we were not oh yeah um no one attempt anything at home that we just described we did a lot of dumb shit as kids and so seeing that this small thing that they do ends with something terrible i was like because let's be honest so lucky what what they what they were doing is something we would have totally been doing totally Totally. If we this way, they find a ninja sword. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yep. And okay, so they find a ninja sword and this kid who I honestly, the first time I saw him, I thought he was yeah. retarded, didn't you? I knew exactly what you were about to say. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey did too. She was like, because, okay, so they meet up with this this kind of bigger kid and uh, they're in the parking lot of the 7 Eleven. He comes up and he's like, hey, and like, sounds yeah, he retarded. hugs them and like, he does your your stereotypical what like the mentally challenged character does in one of these kind of shows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he he's like happy and boisterous and huggy and stuff like that. And then it turns out he's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it threw me for a loop. Honestly. It really did me too. Because like not only is he not like mentally challenged, he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he's just like every other scene in that movie he is a jerk <laughs> yeah i think i think maybe he was like on the spectrum you know like, uh, maybe because the way that they kind of refer to him and stuff like i think that there was something off and the way that he just f word f word f word f word you know just every yeah. other word was the f word and so anyway um so yeah some bad shit happens in a field and the kids covered up and from that point on it's kind of anyone's ball game as far as where's <laughs> where's this game or where's this uh, movie going. Um, I also yeah, feel let, like let's from, just say the two main characters have two completely different ways of coping with the situation. <laughs> <laughs> no one can say who was right. <laughs> yeah, and they're both equally valid <laughs> ways of coping. Yeah, and honestly, I I don't know that we can get that much more into plot wise of this film. Do you? Well, no. And plus, there's really not too much else plot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is that. Um, I mean, this is, you know, the 20, 30 minute mark of a, what, like hour and a half movie? Yeah. Something like that, right? And there's really only a couple things else that happen. <laughs> this, this, well, I mean, like, really, <laughs> you know, uh, this is a, it's kind of a pretty slow burn movie. Yeah. Um, and then it ramps up real quickly for the last like 10 minutes of it. Yeah. Uh, to the point that I, I actually did kind of feel cheated of a plot, <laughs> if that makes sense. Cause I, I actually really like this movie. I thought it was good. Um, in, uh, a way of, I, I don't know. I know I've mentioned it on here. Did you ever see the dirties? No. It felt a lot like the dirties. Um, but I felt really, really cheated on the plot of this film because it was almost like the end. He reveals some great big mystery, you know, <laughs> but then you weren't even aware that the mystery existed. It's the same complaint you had about murder on the Orient Express. It's completely different. <laughs> it's it's like if during this movie one of the characters was like, oh, he died, uh, like we killed him or I did it on purpose because he killed the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I would say that the strengths of this film relied honestly in the cast. The cast was great. They mm -hmm. had good chemistry together. Um, the, the actual, you know, it was filmed very well. The presentation was well, it was a tight little package as far as that goes. Um, I, I also like that 
it really was able to capture nostalgia or you know that you the youth without relying heavily on pop culture nostalgia yeah you know? there was like no real pop culture references at all yeah the only thing was like Clinton was on TV, but they weren't just sitting around being like, Mary with children is great because it's 1995. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> that Kelly Bundy, man. Yeah. Um, no, like, I I honestly can't even remember if there was any, like, overt. There was a little bit, but it, it was mostly like comic book type shit. Silver Surfer and stuff like that. Oh, like, yeah. But I mean, that could be. Any literally girl. anytime mm-hmm. there's like a silver surfer comic going on right now silver you know what i mean it's surfer. like uh, huh that kanye thing oh. um, life of pablo silver <laughs> surfer all right anyway. <laughs> but um yeah uh <laughs> yeah you know it, it's like stark contrast to like other things that you'd see like stranger things or something where it's like deeply rooted Mm-hmm. in in the pop culture of the time is the exact opposite of that yeah this... because i mean even even though clinton was on tv um especially in today's political climate there's a good chance clinton's going to be on tv anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> yeah. with things that they were talking about or whatever yeah. you know it's i don't know i got you um but he was young and fat so now he's thin and old <clears throat> <laughs> Didn't he like go vegan? Anyway, <laughs> okay. oh this this kid plays the scarecrow in Gotham, huh? He looked a lot like Andrew Garfield. Yeah, like a lot to the point that we couldn't remember his name, and my wife and I kept referring to him as Andrew Garfield. Like I went to to the kitchen for a second, got a drink, came back, and I was like, "So what's going on with Andrew Garfield?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so anyway, um, but, uh, what, what would you say the strengths were for you on it? Like, what did you like the best and what did you like the least? Cause we um, haven't gotten into cons yet. Well, I mean, it, like you said, I think I, I really liked the fact that it was just, you know, a couple dudes hanging out, being dudes, you know, like it, it felt like a lot of times that we hung out when we were younger you know, riding around on our bikes doing stupid stuff. And like, you know, they buy a pack of dried uh, squid from the gas station just so they can all try it and it's gross or whatever. And it's like, that's exactly what we would have done, you know, whenever we had bikes and disposable income. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so is that I liked just the whole tone of it i guess um it was really well acted like uh especially these these kids are pretty close to the age they're supposed to be mm-hmm. you know um they did a good job they were able to carry like the weight of everything that was happening which i thought was impressive because a lot of times <clears throat> the younger actors you know it doesn't feel like the weight is really there mm-hmm. if that makes sense um, but they were able to pull it off. I mean, if I was to go with cons, um, I don't, I don't know, like maybe some things escalated a little unrealistically. 
Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> That's my big what? my big con. Like toward the end it's like they cram too much plot without actually tying the pieces together. You know? Like yeah, he looks at it, a caller ID it, and is like, "Oh, this is, you know, like this must yeah. be where oh, this guy he must have killed the Limburg baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, there was just like a there was a couple of scenes that to me were unclear what was happening. Yeah, you and know, I don't I don't know if it was the the editing or just me. <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, you know, we talked a little off mic just now because we went a little too spoilery. So yeah. <laughs> um, the scene you're My talking fault. about is a little unclear because a lot of the action happens off screen and you're just dropped into the moment again. Yeah. So I t- and, and I mean I, I, I get it because you're seeing it from your point of view character, mm-hmm. and he's he's walking into a situation where um, he has no clue what's going on. Mm-hmm. So then the audience has no clue what's going on. So I get it, but I don't know. It's not like the whole movie is from this point of view character's no, point of view. And, and so they could have just as easily added ten extra seconds to kind of <laughs> clarify something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I but. got you. Um <clears throat> Yeah, uh, it, to me that that the the rushness uh, of the end and <laughs> the unclear ending, um talking very end, um kind of hinders it in some way, but I still really liked it. Now, I don't know if I would sit and rewatch this film, but I did like it a lot. So, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, I would say all in all, all things considered, I'm going to go a four out of five. I really liked it and thought it was a strong I, film. I was going to go three and a half. You know, it's still f- solid on the on the good end of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, we will be back with our review of Puckered. We're back. We're talking puckered by David Owen Hughes and Peter Oliver Wonder. But um, this tale, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess I could just go into the actual, like, just the synopsis on Amazon because I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to uh, cobble together something a little more cohesive or anything. Cobble. but um, I have not read anything by Peter Oliver Wonder before. No. And we've only done, what, like one other thing from David O. Wayne Hughes? David O. Wayne Hughes on the show? Yeah, we did uh, Wind Up Toy, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but remember, that was the one where we both read two different ones. Yes. Uh, one of us did Wind Up Toy Broken Play Thing. And then one of us just did like wind up toy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. I've read two of them uh, because that week I was like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and just read some more. I've read two of them. I really like those books. Uh, And so I was expecting, you know, he writes in a style that's like not really in line with my sensibilities, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that I don't, I can't enjoy it or anything. 
you know? Yeah. Because wind-up toy was just straight-up super perverted. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember. Yours was, it was just mostly sexual, right? Yeah, mine was like a hardcore BDSM book. And see, <laughs> the other one that I read was like, um, it, it was, but it also was like lots of murder. Yeah. So, anyway, but all right. So this one, uh, so for Puckered, the description is a phenomenal new bizarro horror novella from grandmasters of extreme horror and the most delicious depravity. Percy is kinky. Per- Percy is perverted. Percy is a loner. Percy is sneaky. But most of all, Percy wants to be left alone. Whether it be his nagging mother or something from his past, it feels like he's always trying to escape something. Will he be able to find his own peace, or will the real world catch up to him? There will be blood, there will be shit, there will be unusual kinks, or sexual kinks. But most of all, there will be murder. I mean, I guess all of that is true. <laughs> but, yeah, to an But... Yeah. Uh, well, I, I think, um, if I can be blunt for a second, what? <laughs> okay, uh, if you if you if you look at the cover of this book, uh huh, that is what you're in for. <laughs> All right, and so for the people that haven't seen the cover of this book, has a uh, it, it's a toilet. toilet. It's a public urinal stall or not urinal public toilet and just blood and shit is everywhere yeah yeah (laughs) i would agree to that and you know all right so full disclosure we got this copy of this book uh he david owain hughes sent it to us because we're we're like facebook friends we you know I, i like the guy um and so he sent this to us for review and uh, so I, I saw the cover and I assume because there's a lot of blood on the cover, I assume that there would be a little more murder and stuff, a little more horror, maybe yeah. not murder, but a little more horror. The bulk of this novel is just the inner thoughts of a perv. <laughs> Am I right? Yeah. Like a real, like not- real pervy perv. <laughs> like he is probably the skeeziest character i think i've i've ever seen <laughs> yeah yeah and and whenever like i i pictured him in my head as uh hoggish greedly from captain planet i'll have to <laughs> think of that <laughs> okay go yeah ahead. no no i mean like the whole time and so that was that was what i said or that's what i got uh basically yeah it was his yeah. inner monologue um Mostly about poop. Lots of poop. Like this. Lots about poop. Book <laughs> had the most fecal centered <laughs> plot I've ever had. Like the book, it's mostly about him trying to hold on to, I forget how long, two or three weeks of shit. The beginning is three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So three weeks of shit. And it gives him. He's, like, been, he's been cooking a loaf. Now, in, you know, in, in quotes there. <laughs> I never feel as vanilla as whenever I'm reading shit like this. <laughs> like, oh, that would never even occur to me. My yeah. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not saying that, that like, like, I'm not like, like, you know, a Russell Brand Lothario or anything over here, but at the same time, at the same time, I, uh, of all my friends, I, that you're the one I equate the most with Russell Brand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, this book is just like, you know, lots and lots. I, first off, if you have a weak stomach, avoid this book completely. Yes. Like if if you're not okay with reading about some poop, <laughs> yeah. I will say okay. So I I've been having like some sort of stomach issue going on. <laughs> okay, no, hold on. This isn't gonna be going the way that you think. Uh, but I've had like you know this stomach issue where I'm not really feeling too great for the past two days with my stomach, and so there was a point in this book that I I wanted to like gag <laughs> it got me that much i was like oh oh, oh god really the, there were some pretty vile parts <laughs> yeah so so kudos uh mr wonder and mr hughes um you've made a i don't know made me almost gag but <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. No. Um. So, anyway, but uh, as we said, you know, if if that's not something that you're into, not fecal play, but just just hard <laughs> hard stomach, uh, I would not uh, recommend reading this on any level. Yeah, because, if you're grossed out easily. Yeah. But see, that seems like something I always, whenever people are like, you know, not for the weak of heart, or you know, not for the faint of heart, weak stomach, like that always seems like a marketing tactic. But in this case, like, (laughs) it's it's totally true. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's like talking about his various sexual exploits, most of which involving poop. Yeah. Most or maybe all. Um, I'd say everything that's mentioned, <laughs> yes, but we don't know for sure if that's everything he's had in his past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this don't, might just don't be assume. A, <laughs> yeah, he might have been real into blood, too. It's <laughs> 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 like other nasty shit. Bile. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so... Uh, so from the start, that's not really my wheelhouse. <laughs> I'm not super into poop, but um, like how we keep calling it poop. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he called the shit poop. <laughs> yeah. I'm not super into that, but um, so unfortunately, to me, it didn't seem like the majority of this book. Okay, so it seemed like it was going in in the middle. It seemed like the plot was going one way. Yeah, and then toward the end. Takes a weird turn. Takes an extremely (laughs) weird turn that was totally unforeseen. Yeah. Um, (sighs) (laughs) I I, I will say, though, um, there were a lot of parts in here, even though they were mostly disgusting, that I thought were genuinely funny. Like, um, there, there were... Like, I don't know if it's supposed to be a comedy. I hope it's supposed to be a comedy in in parts because there are many descriptions of him 
like as a person Mm -hmm. right and there was little things that i laughed at you know um I'm, i'm trying to there was one of them where it was talking about how he was running Mm-hmm. at one point and it said like he was running but not so hard as to uh hurt his knees or something like that mm-hmm. right because he he's he's described as a um sort of rotund <laughs> gross fat man right mm-hmm. and, and so it's like you know the little things about like that about how like chairs would strain under him or, you know, he didn't want his knees to buckle and things like that made me laugh because, um, I don't know. It is, I don't know why it's just funny. Um, I guess it was the juxtaposition between that and all the poop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't really get away from the poop in this book. No, it's, mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Uh, just to give you just a little taste. I forgot that I had highlighted one thing. He says, oh, he cried with delight, his turd galloping down his shit chute. (laughs) I I lighted that, too. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Did I say that he cried with delight? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So it's like 70 pages of (laughs) describing that mixed with some plot. He's involved in in some murder and stuff like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, look, if you're real into, the, like, super pervy books, this might be right up your wheelhouse. For me, it wasn't. It was not. Uh, and as much as, like, as dirty as, like, Wind Up Toy was, you know, I remember giving the, I think I gave it a four out of five. Like, I, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. This book, um, it really didn't do much for me. Uh it may have been that it may have been some of the plot, you know, turns toward the end that didn't do it. But mostly it was probably just the overwhelming amount <laughs> of <laughs> shit, you know? So, it yeah, it really I don't really regret reading it. But, no, but there's that, there's very few things I've actually regretted, like <laughs> watching or reading on here. Yeah, Um Okay, so so here's my thought. Uh-huh. Okay. I I can make a clear distinction between a successful piece of art and one that I enjoy. Uh-huh. Okay. Um and and I will say if if the context of the piece, if what they were going for was to be as gross and vile as they could be Mm -hmm. um as both like for a character okay because there's also a difference between just writing you know the the poop that took a pee right where it's just a string of just gross things like the aristocrats (laughs) yeah yeah there there's a difference between doing that just throwing out grossness just to be gross and making a gross character. Okay. Like there's a difference between that Mm -hmm. Um, because uh, for all his faults and things, this still felt like an actual person. You know, there, there were, there were things in there that like, 
I'm pretty sure I've seen people do. Like he mentions going as slow as possible across the crosswalk, you know, <laughs> because uh, he wants to just piss off the person in the car. Okay, and I know for a fact I've seen people do that. You know? We didn't or, mention that the character is a total bastard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like <laughs> the, the the vileness of it is just a, a logical extension of just who he is. It's like a like a outward manifestation of you know how gross he is in the inside. Right. And so there is a difference between just doing gross out just to gross out and telling the story of a very gross character. Okay. So that being said, if that was their intent was to make the grossest character they could, I think they succeeded. (laughs) You know, like it's it, the dude like reading about him, you're just like, I hate this guy, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and and that's okay, you know. Like that's to- totally acceptable, and makes it a successful piece of art. Now, did I like it? No, I really didn't. I mean, and and like, no. I mean, we're we're gonna be honest in these reviews, even whenever we get stuff from people, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah, I mean, and 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 I didn't really like it. It just wasn't my cup of tea, you know. Um, to if there would have been a little bit more going on a you know, there was a plot yeah yeah there, there was a part in the middle where i was like oh shit here's where stuff's about to happen and then it didn't yeah no <laughs> you I, know i agree like i and maybe i overemphasized <laughs> how the grossness was off-putting to me i can handle any piece of of Fiction. It's not like the whole time I was sitting there gagging. <laughs> Why? Clutching your pearls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. But the thing is, is it wasn't really going anywhere for a, a, yeah. a, most of the book. Plot wise, it wasn't going anywhere. If you just had this nasty character, but the, it tied in so much with the plot. Okay. But it seemed like between it going back and describing events from his childhood, most of which that didn't tie into it. That's, that's a bit well, much for a novella for, you know, when you're describing, I don't know, 20% of the book, I would say it was eh, 15% was his childhood. Right. If yeah, maybe, yeah, but this is only a 68 page book. Well, no, I mean, there was only really one, flashback that was his childhood wasn't there i guess okay yeah it wasn't it wasn't a whole bunch yeah but it was like seven pages okay so that's 10 percent of your book yeah i don't know like to me but i mean that did that did set up the a, guy a later. little bit yeah for what happened later yeah i mean it served a purpose yeah. It's just, it's just, it didn't go the direction either one of us really expected it to. Yeah, I could see that. I don't know. All I'm saying is that this book, to me, and seeing, you know, having read other books. Now, I've never, I don't think I've read anything by Peter Oliver Wonder. In fact, I'm pretty positive I haven't. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, seeing what David Owen Hughes is, is capable of. And then seeing this, it just, it kind of was a letdown for me because 
Uh, the wind up toy books that I read, yeah, there was some gross stuff in there and not really so much fecal play. <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, perverted, you know, sexual type shit in there. Uh, it was mm-hmm. in the underground world of BDSM and all sorts of stuff like that, but they had plots like very good plots, you know, even if mm-hmm. it's as simple as revenge, it can be a good plot, you know? Yeah. And this they crammed two plots in uh, that both required more space. Mm-hmm. To you know, so what you're saying is you would have rather seen this as a series. <laughs> I would have rather seen it as a full length book. Yeah. Um. I to me it, the problem wasn't so much that it wasn't in line with my sensibilities as much as it was. It was just rushed. There was way too much and too little amount of time. Now, I'm kind of happy that that it wasn't 200 pages of him holding in his shit. Yeah, you'd have the exact opposite complaint. Yeah. This should have been a novella. <laughs> should have been two pages. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to say honestly... The, okay, okay, so I've said a lot about what I don't like, right? I would yeah. say that the writing itself is strong. The world building was fine. Like, the world building was actually good. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Like, he was a, a well-defined, well-established character. Like I said, like, I knew exactly who he was, like, you know, from a few pages in. Um it's just you know, it just it just wasn't my cup of tea, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. So what would you give this out of five? <laughs> Two. Uh, that's right where I'm at. I think. It- I mean, like you know, by by our scores, because we do it out of five, five, two and a half is average. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah. So. To to me, it, it wasn't like I said. It wasn't like poorly written or anything like that. It's just I didn't really like it. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> I'm I'm the exact same way. I would say a two out of five. It falls. I, I, I think this would be a very polarizing book. You know, oh, no, yeah, I would say this is the most polarizing thing we've ever read on, on the podcast. Yeah, I've not like, ever read. <laughs> but, and and then I like how both of us give it pretty much average it's well, a most polarizing thing <laughs> middle of the road for me <laughs> well i mean two and uh, two and a half is average this is yeah, slightly so less i said average. almost average yeah it's not like we gave it one of us gave it a one and one of us gave it a five or something dude i'll give mine a 1.8 then how about that 1.8 <laughs> you uh, can't just I, go around throwing in random percentages yeah. like that yeah we're about to have to start doing like integers out of five <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah um no and and you know it, it's frustrating whenever you know like not frustrating <laughs> it wasn't like but it's just knowing that somebody, how good uh, your perception of other books and stuff that he's done is. It's the same problem that I run into with like Chris Seaver movies. Like, there's some that I absolutely love, and then some that 
just are there to like gross you out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean if, if you're into that sort of thing, then it's great. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I, I stole it. <laughs> well, no. That's but, the end. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> no, but like Chris Seaver films, like there's all of them are gross. But whenever mm-hmm. he doesn't have a plot and only does the gross stuff, it's like, oh, okay. It, it's a yeah. bummer. But Weirdsies was good. I love the Weirdsies. <laughs> I loved it so much. <laughs> Alright, well, that's our show. This is Wolfman Jack, and you've been listening to B-Movies and E-Books, and you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on iTunes, Stitcher, and I don't know, other places. So, anyway, leave them a five-star review. Also, check them out on Twitter at b and Pod. And subscribe to the B&E Master Feed if you're a fan and you're a real cool daddy. The podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network. Brought to you by bmoviesandebooks.com. Yeah.